Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. again for one more week with your Canadian Info Warrior and the Savage Stir. Together we make the Humble Hosers. Oh yeah! Dig it! Twisted steel and sex appeal! There's the guns. (laughs) The guns are back for ya. Not bad for an old fart. That's what everybody tunes in for. They just want to see those guns. Hey, pushing pushing fifty, and, and it's all bur- burgers and no, beer. There's no real guns here, but there's something there. Burgers and beer, man. No, no roids. <laughs> Actually, no beer lately. It's been been ages since I've had a. Well, probably since New Year's is the last time I really tied one on. Oh yeah. <laughs> so we'll just we'll just say burgers. Lots of burgers. Yeah. <laughs> Well, as long as you're getting them from the right places. Uh, I get them wherever I can. I'm like Randy from Trailer Park Boys. I, <laughs> I, love, I love my burgers. Yeah. Got to have a burger, Mr. Leahy. Man's got to <laughs> eat. Man's got to eat. Mind you, you won't see me uh, pimping myself on the street corner there for burgers. I'm like Randy from no, Trailer Park. No smoky for you, eh? Smoky. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Um, (laughs) that was kind of disturbing when he did that, (laughs) but he's so good at playing that part, man. Hey, to our uh, to our viewers and listeners out there, uh, should know we almost we almost didn't record tonight. uh, Yeah, uh, my my technical difficulties. (laughs) uh, My my co-host, he he wilt uh, like most big guys. uh, He wilts and in the extreme heat conditions and uh, i'll let him tell the story well not much of a story to it just too much time in the heat yesterday doing work around the house and a little bit of heat exhaustion there i was uh, pretty wiped earlier today when i woke up and i went back to bed and had to pop some tylenol and such for the headache and just woke up a little while ago and now here we are yeah we're still on schedule just a couple hours late. 
<laughs> yeah, I bombarded him, bombarded him with numerous text messages because I was worried he had a had a stroke or something in his sleep. Or you, know, you never know. Big guys like us, we do yeah. we could drop it, we could drop at any time there. When you're <coughs> in, the, in the 300 pound club, there these things. Uh, yeah, given given do. our uh, de- degenerate lifestyles, <laughs> could be any time for either of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, oh, yeah, I've been... I, I see a light. What? I see a light. Oh, never mind. It's in the ceiling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, don't walk towards it. <laughs> Stay away from the light. Come to the dark. Come to the dark. We have cookies. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I've been to the dark side. They lied about the cookies, damn it. <laughs> You know, we've been mulling over different ideas for uh, alternate podcasts, like extra podcasts, extra show ideas, and uh, we've been bouncing a few ideas off each other. Uh, you know, we, we talked before about conspiracy Canucks, kind of doing like an Alex Jones thing. We talked about, the, well, I've been talking about doing the Savage Sterling show, where I just go go off on sports issues. And then I thought you and I, just as an idea, either as a segment for this program or, uh, you know, as a separate one, we do something called the Fake News Podcast. Yeah. And, and it would be something like we take a, it could be like we take a few stories from, say, like uh, The Onion or, and then we mix in real stories and then the, we, the audience has to guess which stories are the real news and which news are the fake news. Yeah. And then we try and choose like the most ridiculous real news stories to fuck them up. Eh? Which you know? one is Fox and which one is CNN? Yeah. Which <laughs> Wait a Although minute, now, aren't they both fake? I don't know. Well, now Fox, Fox is uh, it's turning into conservative light. Uh, you know, the, everyone except for Tucker Carlson's... Uh, shifted shifted away from the right to the middle tucker's the last of the mohicans uh, <laughs> you know he's standing on that hill by himself just waiting yeah. for the, like custer's last stand the sponsors are coming around like oh let's take take away more of your advertising dollars yeah yeah speaking of speaking of censorship and and whatnot the the old cancel cultures added again this week uh got an update on that chris D'Elia. So he's been releasing his DMs to prove his innocence. And there's a bunch of them where he finds out, uh, we had talked about this, the previous show, comedian Chris D'Elia. Yeah. On the underage uh, texting, sexting. Right. Alleged grooming. So he's been releasing his DMs. And yeah, multiple, and with more than one girl where he asks the age, and as soon as he finds out the age, he's like, oh, well, you got to be 18 to come to my show. Or another comment he had was, oops, sorry, I, I thought you were older. Yeah. Got to go. So this was just one of these hatchet jobs, either by the media or by some uh, jilted uh, young ladies that uh, yeah. are just going to be opportunistic and taking advantage of today's PC culture, they figure they could do a me too on him. Yeah. But it, it, it appears for now that he's, 
innocent. You know, we'll, we'll see what, what further developments come along. But I noticed, uh, you know, a lot of his buddies like Rogan, silent. Yeah. You know, he's got $100 million deal. He doesn't want to jeopardize it weighing in one way or the other. Yeah. Fighter and the kid, they're sticking by him. Uh, Bobby Lee, uh, the Tiger Belly podcast, he's sticking by him. Bobby uh, Lee will stick by just about anybody, no matter what their kink or fetish. <laughs> and, then, and then I had to laugh, the Legion of Skank guys, uh, like Louis J. Gomez and uh, his podcast, the Real Ass Podcast, he actually he cracked me up because his whole thing was like, well, they ought to lower it to 16 anyways, because these 16-year-old <laughs> broads look like 22 now anyhow. Like, yeah, yeah, so what? He's being a bit of a creep and a bit of a perv, but, you know, it's, you know, it's not like it's uh, 1975 or whatever. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, but, uh, so the latest now, uh, did you hear they're going after Coco Diaz, eh? Oh, no, so I haven't Joey, heard that. Yeah, so poor Joey Diaz, you know, and he does it to himself quite a bit because he, he does have a bad case of TMI. Yeah. Uh, lately, he's been putting his foot in his mouth quite a bit and, and revealing too much about his past. And uh, and it's hard with him to tell what's, uh, you know, what's satire and what's uh, legit bad behavior. Yeah. So he was on a recent uh, Rogan podcast, or was it recent? But these yeah, clips. I think he was fairly recently on Rogan. These clips came up that were, uh, you know, being highlighted by the radicals there and the feminists uh, saying, oh, we got to cancel Diaz. And, and then what's Joe Rogan doing laughing at this guy's joke about, uh, yeah, the only way these broads could get stage time was they had to blow us, and you know he was joking around like that. <laughs> and uh, and now you got you got like certain female comedians uh, divided, some sticking up for him, and others uh, like uh, I believe Chelsea Handler said that he was a creep to her, and, and you know it's just like I feel like saying Joey, like Joey, we love your podcast. You got a lot of funny stories to tell, but you're not exactly a rocket scientist. So let's try and stay out of the controversy. You know, yeah. like, he puts himself out there a little too much there. You know, <laughs> between the you know the drug the drug stories and you know well, <laughs> the kidnapping. That, the kid, that reminds me, that guy he went to jail for kidnapping. He's good friends with him now. <laughs> He's good friends with him now. Yeah, yeah like those that don't know. Joey Diaz was heavily uh, into the cocaine back in the day, and uh, wow, so was everybody. Yeah, coke was, you know, it was just everywhere back then. Basically, him and another, uh, uh, you know, criminal uh, type person that he was affiliated with, they had this interaction where Joey uh, was looking to rip him off in a cocaine. Uh, situation there and what ended up happening was he kidnapped this guy yeah and uh, he wound up going to jail what was it for a year or something like that something and, like that yeah yes yeah, but anyway uh so they hadn't spoken in years and then since joey's become this famous comedian and whatnot he decided he reached out to him first on facebook multiple times 
and then uh, he finally uh, was able to make peace with the guy and uh, had him. There was pictures on his Instagram that he, he had the guy come out to one of his comedy shows, and they, like you say, now they're good buddies. Yeah. So he's never admitted to being an angel. I mean, he's put <laughs> it all he's put it all out there, like the stories of. <laughs> You know, he's Robbie. never claimed to be an angel. <laughs> no, no, and that's the thing. Like, it's, admitted implies that he actually is one, and he just doesn't admit to it. But he's never claimed to be. <laughs> to his credit, he's not a hypocrite because he goes out there and talks about being a drug addict, being a thief, yeah, uh, beating people up, doing bad things back in the day, enforcing, and yeah, yeah, and. Uh, you know, and he he had an interesting childhood to boot, but like uh, Danny Trejo. Yeah, you know, you you probably wouldn't be able to find anything to uh, slander Danny Trejo with because he's already admitted to everything. He comes out clean about it all himself. Yeah, he all was the a drug gang. use, his his time in various prisons around California. He was a gang member. Yeah, he was an OG gang banger back in the day. And yeah, I believe he he was in jail for manslaughter or something. Like he had some yeah. serious. So, but yeah, so it's funny that the cancel culture would go after Joey Diaz when Diaz has never, you know, usually they go after the phonies, eh? Like the yeah. ones that, oh, I'm cleaner, I'm clean as a whistle, and yeah. I'm cleaner. And then the dirt comes out, and then they just lynch the person. Yeah, exactly. In Joey's but case. But with he, Joey's case, he, he puts all the dirt out there himself, so. <laughs> and in this instance, instance uh you know, him and joe rogan they were just talking shit on a podcast and joking around yeah and now it's like and and you notice that going after rogan it's as soon as someone reaches the top there's always people that want to knock you down and oh rogan, yeah rogan and Chappelle are big targets hundred million dollar spotify deal let's knock him off the pedestal before he even gets there yeah so yeah, just more of that fucking bullshit drives me nuts. Kind of like then, Alex Jones, you know, he's a perfect angel. He's never done anything wrong. It's just because he's got money they go after him. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't even say the whole thing with a straight face. <laughs> That's another guy, like, you know, like sometimes he's his own worst enemy there. Oh, yeah. There. You know. Ted Nugent's another one is his own worst enemy. <laughs> Yeah, but, like you know, guys, those are both guys that if they were up here doing anything, I'd want them on the podcast. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Like, you know, I'd love to hang out in, in Austin, Texas with Alex Jones or yeah. come up here. like Or go you know, the, bow the hunting things. with Ted Nugent. Yeah, you know, hang out with him while he's shredding on his guitar or something, yeah. you know, playing Stranglehold. Or... Which he does a lot. Do you ever listen to his podcast? Yeah. Yeah, you, you ever notice how he does that? And, and it's like sometimes he's just writing songs off the cuff. It, it's just a totally new riff that he just blasts out in the studio while they're podcasting. And, you know, just totally new. And Tim's like, wow, what the hell was that? You know, and he's like, ah, I just wrote that. <laughs> you know, and people people got to realize, too, with Ted Nugent, that guy's <clears throat> in his 70s. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's he, like 72 or 73 now. Yeah. You can only you can only hope to be fucking in as as uh, as as well. Well, ne we'll never be as well off, but yeah. to be as be as physically capable as he is at that age. Yeah. Like, uh, he doesn't look seventy two or seventy three. That's for damn sure. 
he looks and, like uh, he's probably in his 50s. You know, and everyone assumes because he's this rock and roller, oh, yeah, the drugs and the partying, but he's the opposite. He yeah. was a he was, he was a hunting nerd yeah. and was totally not he never into... never wanted anything to do with the drugs. And, and, he, and he saw that quickly, too. He saw very quickly how everybody else was getting into the drugs and dying. And he made that decision early on. I'm not touching it. And if you're going to be in my band, you're not either. And I think it's only in recent years with his with his wife uh, Charmaine that he's uh, once in a while has a glass of red wine with his venison dinner. Yeah. But he said other than that, he doesn't drink, doesn't smoke. Hey, everybody, we're back. A little bit of a technical difficulty there. We had some sort of brownout or blackout here that interrupted power for a brief moment and left us without internet for a few minutes but yeah we're back god we were, damn china I, I believe we were talking about uh ted nugent at the time but i suppose we can drop that thread and move on to something else now <laughs> yeah now that that whole that <laughs> ship has sailed it eh? yeah spent the last <coughs> kind of lost the flow of it with all this we've been trying to get our internet back on both ends here texting each other and saying nope it's not back yet oh there it goes now and yeah. lots of fun God, goddamn fucking china it's <coughs> one of them emp attacks they were yeah. threatening. that must be it uh, well anyway on to a different topic how about uh how about did you hear uh, i don't know if you follow nascar but uh there's the, the racer these days what's that not much these days uh so there's this uh black uh, nascar driver named bubba wallace and uh he basically pulled a, a juicy smollett uh, scam <laughs> he uh juicy he said, eh? Yeah, I call him Juicy. I know it's Jussie or whatever. So uh, he uh, he said he went to the garage where his car was and found a hangman noose and figured yeah. there was... I've seen a picture of the noose actually now on uh, on Twitter. I didn't it's see that much. Well, it's hilarious because at first the fake news media, they, they showed a picture of an actual hangman noose so everyone was like, geez, those racist redneck oh, yeah. And then you see the actual photo that the FBI... Because they couldn't had. take the time to go down to the track and get a picture of the real one. They just looked for a stock picture online of a noose and used it. In the meantime, you see the FBI photo, because the FBI cleared it. You know, they did an investigation and said no, and you see the reason why. It was an actual... It was a rope with a noose the size that maybe someone's thumb or, you know, fingered because it was used as a, a lever. Well, it was, the one I saw was big enough for a hand, but yeah, not the size that, that you would use for a head. It was used and it was, it was attached to the door to pull as a lever to pull down a pulley to pull down the door. Yeah. And then they said, this thing's been here for over a year. <laughs> you know, and so... So there was people online uh, changing, you know, calling him instead of Bubba Wallace, calling him Bubba Smollett. Uh, <laughs> there was a few people, too, showing, like, pictures of the loop in their shoelaces. Oh, look, there's a noose. <laughs> you know, so this guy, he's, and, and, the, and there's a hot rumor that he, he's been, because uh, I guess his results on the track 
haven't been, uh, you know, you know, been kind of average. And he was worried about sponsors and yeah. there's a, and uh, you you see what happened with that. You got to be better than average to keep sponsors in NASCAR. So and uh, you know, trying to follow the the, the way that uh, is it the same thing in the Smollett case. He was he was gonna get cut from the TV show that he was on, so he he created this whole thing to get his publicity up and get yeah. his. So Bubba Wallace doing the same thing, and and just like that football player, <coughs> Colin Kaepernick, you know, Colin Kaepernick uh, had a brief uh, moment of glory on the football field, and then fell back to the average. So then he did the whole taking a knee. And getting involved with Black Lives Matter, and next thing you know, he's got a Nike contract for yeah. fifty million. So here we go again. Use the race baiting, yeah. You know, because everyone's hey, oh, there's a hangman noose. What are they? Those rednecks own. And NASCAR just took a pummeling as it is, because they uh, they immediately they banned anyone wearing or showing uh, Confederate flags at the track. Yeah. And then that got some rednecks fired up, and someone rented a plane, flew, flew over. over. <laughs> you know the shit show never ends. You got, and what's the media's favorite I'm, saying? I'm a little distracted here. There's a hot little blonde outside at the bus stop, and I'm Ooh. talking hot. And I don't yeah. mean little like little girl. I mean you know, I mean this girl. I can tell from this distance she's obviously of age, but damn, she's wearing short shorts. All legs and hair. <laughs> nice. <sighs> Love this time of year. What were we talking about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, all it takes is, is a is, you know is is if a bit of. If my USB cord was longer, I'd move the webcam so you could see. Well, if you did that, I might end up whacking off, and then we'll we'll be beyond demonetized. We'll be taken, <laughs> we'll be taken down. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, typical fake news media, they're doubling down on the story. Frickin' this Bubba oh, Wallace. Once and they then, start, they have to double down. You know, and they've been loving these riots and all these, you know, these race wars that they're propagating there. Yeah. And, you know, what was the old saying when they first got, got sleazy, the mainstream news? If it bleeds, it leads. Yep. <laughs> you know, so here we go. Let's let's fan the flames, get more fucking people worked up. Oh, the bus is here. I'm losing my view. <laughs> <laughs> Take a picture with your camera. I mean, your phone camera. You can text me that later. <laughs> yeah, she's already getting on the bus. Well, yeah, so I thought that was interesting. Mr. Bubba Wallace, another... Another race-baiting scam artist, Grifter. Yeah, he won't uh, last much longer in NASCAR. No, 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 no. And, uh, oh, I never did talk about my shopping adventure at our newly opened uh, Giant Tiger store. Oh, yes, you mentioned uh, previous to the podcast that you were going to bring that up. Yeah, it's never a dull moment in the life of Stir. <laughs> Savage Sterling at his best. Uh, <clears throat> all you got to do is uh, put some clothes on me and shove me out the door out in public. <laughs> I'm bound to. Trouble I'm begins. 
the trouble begins. I'm a magnet for shit. So uh, <laughs> I, I thought it'd be okay to pick up a few grocery items at this uh, newly opened uh, giant tiger store. It's uh, I'm not I'm not sure how many of them are in the United States, but in Canada, it's a it's a big chain. Yeah, I and, think it's a Canadian chain. Totally. Okay. So basically, it's like. Uh, you know, you got you got some bargain because I think part of their logo is proudly Canadian. Okay, so you know, it's like you get some bargain priced uh, groceries and kind of Walmart like clothes and you know, you know it's like a bargain shopping spot, eh? Yeah. So I went I went to check it out. And I believe you described it as a uh, uh, a cheap Zellers with a dollar store mixed in together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, I'm almost regretting going because the the atmosphere there. First, we were greeted. I uh, went went with a chum of mine there, Gord McFarling. Uh, shout out to Gord. So we. Uh, hey, Gord. Hey, Gord. So we. <laughs> I haven't uh, seen him in years, but hey. Yeah, so we arrive to be greeted uh, at the door by barely uh, 18-year-old security guard <laughs> who weighed all of 120 pounds and looked nervous and scared and uh, <laughs> was wearing a mask, his uniform pants. I mean, Oh, he belt. wasn't wearing a face shield? Oh, I've seen bad. that on a few of them. Oh, so couldn't hear what he was saying because he had the mask on, but he was trying to say something to us, and I'm like, what? What? And and he's getting frustrated because he, you know, he won't take the mask off, so it's like, what? I'm like, ah, never mind. <laughs> so I'll go in. And I guess, guess he was all freaked out because they were only letting in a couple at a time, like two in, two out, right. like this kind of thing. Whatever bullshit. Yeah. Like, ah, oh, fuck. So we we goes in there. Nothing he's gonna do about it. <laughs> well, me and Gord go in. We're walking around, and you know, most of these stores they play that shitty elevator music, or you know, over the intercom they'll talk about what specials they've got. Right. Well, you go in this place, and it's like uh, this robot voice that sounded like what was it, Hal Nine Thousand from the movie Two Thousand One. Yeah. Oh, like if I can. I'm sorry, Dave. I can't do that. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, please follow the protocols of the. You know, and I'm like, oh my god, maintain social distancing, if possible, wear a mask, and it just went on and on, and it kept repeating on a loop these four or five Dave, talking. I'm afraid, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> I was just waiting, waiting, waiting Daisy, for like. Daisy, Daisy. <laughs> the voice gets. I just gradually. love that movie. <laughs> as, as the voice gets gradually like. Yeah. As he's pulling, pulling, pulling all the. Crazy. Pulling all the out. <laughs> yeah. Well, right away, I'm creeped out. Hey, eh? I'm in here like listening to this robot talk about fucking everything we should be paranoid about. Yeah. And I'm looking around and me and Gord are the only ones not wearing masks. So you got it's one thing these geriatric uh, you know and delusional boomers you know having masks on whatever, but then I'm seeing like 
perfectly young, healthy, you know, white liberal women yeah. with these masks on just for the sake of virtue signaling and shooting us dirty looks. I'm just well, like, that's, oh. That's something else I wanted to talk about is the masks, but you continue with your story first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, so, yeah, so I'm like, okay, this is already a shitty experience. And I'm looking around. I'm checking out some of the merchandise. And, you know, the employee comes over and says, oh, social distancing. And I'm like, well, he's with me. You know, yeah, we're together. Yeah. Like we're going to stand, stand 10 feet apart while we're together here? Yeah. I said, don't worry. We're shopping together. We came together. So, okay. So now I'm, I'm got the security guard. You got the dirty looks from the patrons of the store. Now we got an employee coming up and being irritating. So I'm already hating this store. Yeah. So then get to get to like the grocery section in the back corner of the store. And there was a few deals there. And uh, being a bachelor, I'm looking over at the cooler and they got uh, TV dinners, <laughs> fucking Swanson and Hungry Man dinners, like a buck eighty-eight each. Hmm. Well, usually, you know, even at Walmart, you're paying a few bucks for them, eh? Yeah, a buck eighty-eight. So I, I get like a stack of these things. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm a lazy bastard and don't yeah. want So I get a stack of them, and, I, and then this person's like, "Oh, hoarding, hoarding." <laughs> oh, Jesus. No, no, I'm not hoarding because of the pandemic. I'm hoarding because I'm a fucking glutton. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, whatever. Either way, I don't give a shit. I don't see anyone else grabbing for them, so they should be happy I'm fucking buying them. So yeah. now it's time you to know, stand. You know, the thing is, a year ago, you could buy 20 of those because they were on sale, and everybody was doing it because they're on sale. Now yeah. you do it because they're on sale, and, oh, you're hoarding because of the pandemic. Yeah, Fuck this isn't off. a quick... And this isn't a toilet paper situation. There's plenty of supplies here. Yeah. So, uh, so whatever. Now I get the. Now it's time to go. We're standing in line, and they literally you you felt like literal cattle. They had all these like. Yeah, the barricades and that. Yeah. Barricades. To line you line you up there. You know, like we're all penned in. Yeah. And, and to and get the hurting mouse. you. And to get the maximum amount of people in line, this yeah, thing like a wind than a straight line. And Gord decided he wasn't going to buy anything, but now he can't leave because these pens they set up. Yeah, are you can't go in. around it or anything. So him and I just start bitching out loud for everyone in line to hear, like, <laughs> look at this fucking communism. Look at this fucking, you know. Like, and look at all these stupid sheep in their masks. And, like, we're just purposely being assholes now, eh? <laughs> and, then, and then Gord brought up something about the masks. Like, yeah, you know, they did tests and people that constantly wear these fucking masks, you know, they're just breathing in their own carbon monoxide or, yeah. carbon or whatever. You know, so people get headaches from I said that to a nurse in my cab one night, and she was like, oh, no, no, I no, I can't see it. Yeah, the tests are there, honey, but I just didn't, I didn't push it after that. <laughs> and what people don't realize, like, and it's common sense, you're not breathing in any fresh air, you're just breathing in your recycled breath, yep. and you're exhaling this, this fucking carbon, and yep. then you're breathing it back in, so it's no good for you. And uh, that's why you get headaches after, and it's, and the, there's, there's reports now of people having to wear these at work, and if they exert themselves, 
then they're fainting because yeah, because you know, they're not getting enough oxygen. So this this whole mask thing's a goddamn scam. Like it's it's complete fucking. And, and even on uh, of all shows, uh, Alex Jones Infowars, he showed uh, this Ohio State senator. He had like this uh, electronic device that could read like the like the alarm would go off once you were at uh, a certain amount of carbon monoxide. Yeah. And literally, so he had the mask, puts the puts the little tube connecting to this device just under the mask. Within not even five seconds, beep, 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 beep. Yeah. It was already surpassing the, the acceptable levels of the was CO2 or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> you know, and that was that was my thing. Like, I, I've seen these, uh, been seeing these memes on Facebook lately. Uh, basically saying, you know, if you don't like wearing a mask, you're going to hate wearing a respirator. <laughs> well, you know what? The the two do not go together because the masks that most people are wearing are cloth masks or they're the disposable surgical type masks. Those masks are meant to prevent your germs from getting to other people. Exactly. They're, they're meant to prevent your germs from getting other people sick. If you're trying to protect yourself, you need to be wearing an N95 dust filter yeah. for small particulates if you're trying to protect yourself. So those masks that everybody is wearing aren't protecting them. They're protecting other people around them. So if you do wind up with COVID and in the hospital and on a respirator, it's not going to be because you weren't wearing a mask or you were wearing a mask. The choice to wear a mask or not to wear a mask isn't going to have any bearing on that whatsoever because that mask isn't protecting you from that. Yeah, and uh, all these Just sheep, a guilt trip. Yeah, and all these sheep that are like, oh, the old government says do this, okay. Meantime, there's all these... Well, and the thing is, it was the government themselves and, and the WHO that came out like two months ago stating the difference between the two types of masks. And, yeah. and the fact that that one isn't there to protect you, it's to protect other people around you. It's not protecting you from squat. Yeah, just these fucking but sheep. They forget like about a, that study. Well, and and we or get report. we get we get back to what I've been saying for weeks and weeks now is like why are we shutting down? You know, why did we shut down our economy? Why did we quarantine ourselves? Why is there all this fascism over the masks and all this for a disease that apparently has a 99% survival rate? Yeah. I would rather take my chances and not wear the mask and be able to fucking have that free will and free choice to live my life yep. as I see fit. And if you're a, a sheep, a coward or you're some sickly person that's, you know, you, you figure you're going to get it and die, by all means, you wear a mask, but yeah, don't tell but me I don't guilt me into it. So this, this is what infuriates me. I got into vicious, vicious fights with people online about it, got in an argument with my father about this virus, him and I are not currently speaking, like, because I said to him, I said, you know, this thing's got a 99. He's like, oh, hundreds of thousands of deaths. I go, how many millions are infected? Do the math because, you know, never mind the confirmed cases. There's millions more unconfirmed. And when you when you divide the number of deaths by the number of people probably walking around with it, you're talking about a 1% uh, death rate. Yep. 
So, yeah, it's like in England. England, uh, it's so fascist and communist there, uh, the Orwellian state that it's become. Mm -hmm. People cooped up in their homes. I guess this heat wave that's been hitting us recently, it went out and hit Britain. So there was a few towns, like I heard this town called Bournemouth, a couple other seaside towns were uh, with beaches. The people were like, fuck this, we're, we're, we're boiling, let's go to the beach. Yeah. So thousands of people were at the beach and the government was freaking out and, and all these uh, leftists were having a conniption. It's like, you know what, just let people live their fucking lives and whatever happens, happens. Yep. If you don't want to go to the beach because you're worried you're going to get infected, then you don't go to the beach. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's like this whole, like the whole idea of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. You know, there's, there's these tenets of any uh, patriotic fucking, uh, you know, libertarian-minded individual, like, don't tell me how to live my life and I won't tell you how to live yours. You want to be whatever fucking you want to be. If it's not affecting me, then do do what you will. Just don't tell me how to fucking live my life. Yeah. So this this experience I had at Giant Tiger, I'm like, I, I finally, and then I finally get to the counter to make my purchase and there was this... Uh, <laughs> That's from me because it's something I can't say on the air. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I concur. I concur. Yeah. Uh, Destry just texted me a pretty funny joke here, but yeah, if I was to say it, our channel would probably get taken down. Oh, yeah. As as it is, I should finish my giant tiger story and get off the COVID because they'll probably shut our channel down just for that. Yeah, no but, kidding. Uh, so. <laughs> So yeah, I'm finishing my purchase at Giant Tiger, and uh, you know there was this cute young girl working the counter, but uh, you could tell you could tell that she felt embarrassed, and I was trying to control from you know smiling or laughing because she had that full yeah she had the full face shield on, oh, uh, <laughs> and it was and and she had glasses on too, you know cute blonde, but she had glasses. And she's got the face shield, so yeah. her glasses were fogging up. Oh, Christ. Oh, and I was just like, it took everything in me not to just laugh out loud. Eh? And she's probably only wearing the face shield because she didn't want to wear a mask because her glasses fog up even worse. Yeah, yeah. So it was it was a shit show. So then I, I make my purchase, and then uh, me and Gord go to leave. And that, as we're exiting that security guard, He's like, what? What? And he's like, he just got, he just got fed up. I'm like, take the fucking mask off so I can hear you. Yeah. Like whatever, buddy. You should have just went. Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown. Yeah. What a shit show. We're living in clown world. We really are. Oh, it's yeah. just it's, fucking it's ridiculous. It's a bizarro world. And then yeah. we got the lefties that, you know, like I say, they're they're constantly on board with this uh, mask thing. And, oh, you you guys will learn. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, all, 
I'll learn what that I might catch a cold that I got ninety nine percent chance of surviving. Exactly. Yeah, that I've probably <laughs> already have and didn't know. Yeah, I think we talked about this before. How I thought a couple months ago I had it. And, yeah. You know, had a bad cold for a week and that was it. I had a bad cold back in November and there and that's what uh, a lot of reports are saying if you had a bad cold back in November or December you probably had covid before we realized it was out. Yeah. You know, yeah, before we realized what it was. My 75-year-old mother was deathly ill for a week and then she I got over. I remember old. that. Yeah. I remember you telling me about that. And she's a small frail woman with parkinsons and bad eyes and yeah. you name it. And she got through it, so, you know, just, you know, if people are so worried about fucking dying from this thing, you know, how about just try being healthy? Yeah. You know, because if it's, if it's 99%, so imagine you're in that 1%. you got to be fucking pretty goddamn unhealthy. Yeah. Either you're... Which makes me feel pretty good about my unhealthiness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> makes yeah. Makes me feel pretty healthy in that sense, you know? Because yeah. I'm pretty sure I've already been through it and survived. <laughs> yeah. Likewise. So, yeah, so to rate my experience at shopping at Giant Tiger, I'll have to see how, uh, you know, when the when and if these protocols ease up that uh, yeah, when I go back, you know, if there's a difference. But just for my, uh, my one-time experience so far, I, I give the place a thumbs down. Yeah. Because... Uh, being herded like cattle didn't uh, didn't turn me on, and then because I don't even with, think Walmart's that bad. No, like Walmart, uh, you know, they got their own goofy ideas. I don't but shop there, so I don't know for sure. But just from the people I see coming and going from there, you know, seems that they're not going that hard on the uh, on the protocols. Yeah, basically, what happened because uh, that same day we made a. I was trying to find this bro they, at Walmart. The only thing I get at Walmart is these bags of broccoli. Yeah. And so I was going to do a quick run in there if there wasn't a lineup, and we got there early enough that we beat the lineups. You know, because the, during this pandemic, they've been having people wait in line outside. So we managed to get there early enough to beat that. And it was just goofy. It was like they'd have you come in one way, but then you had to leave at yeah, the Yeah, the other doors, yeah. So I was like, okay, whatever. But otherwise... That's the one thing I've noticed about it with driving cab is that we're not picking up at, or dropping off at both doors anymore. There's no confusion as to which door we're supposed to be at. It's their exit door and entry door. Yeah. So, yeah, it was uh, it was an interesting... And then, then when I got dropped off, got home and uh, look across the street at uh, my favorite park. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Yeah, well, guess guess what? Once again, bunch of bunch of junkies tweaking out at the park across the street from my locations. I'm like, yeah. What else is new? What else is new? Yeah. That, How better well, to cap a day off? <laughs> yeah. But on another on another topic, I was I I we discussed this before about uh, doing something about movies, and I just happened to have next to me the entire. Uh, Quentin Tarantino movie collection. Yeah. So I thought uh, you and I could just go over these movies there real quick. Uh, sure. Discuss um, my, my particular favorites. So I'll do them in order here. So we got the whole collection here. Whoa. <laughs> so, 
So starting from the beginning of this Tarantino uh, Hollywood collection here, we've got... Yeah, Reservoir Dogs. Reservoir Dogs. The one that really kicked him off. Yeah. Mr. Pink, Mr. White, Mr. Mr. Yeah. Brown, Mr. Black. Was, was there? Yeah, there was a Mr. Black, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Pink, Mr. White, Mr. Brown, Mr. Black, Mr. Blue. And who was the, the sixth the, one? Was it Mr. Green was the sixth one? But the whole, the whole uh, deal... Know. Yeah, the whole deal with this movie the, was... The two of them that died right after the bank heist anyway was... I think it was brown and... Brown and blue or brown and green? Blue, this yeah, all, brown and blue. That's what it was. So you have this all-star cast. Uh, Tim Roth played uh, an undercover cop who was in with these diamond heist Mr. guys. Orange. Mr. Orange. That's yeah. the one, yeah, because that, that was Tim Roth, Mr. Orange. So uh, the deal with this movie is uh, Tim Roth, he plays an undercover cop who's uh, infiltrated this gang of, uh, uh, you know, they're a heist crew and they're going to pull this big diamond store uh, robbery and uh, things go completely off the rails. Completely south. <laughs> he ends up getting shot by a cop and uh, the, the movie starts with them going you know going to this warehouse that was the meeting place yeah and uh, uh him and harvey Keitel, who I, I forget which one he was mr, mr. white he mr. was mr white, mr. white. yeah so, but uh, they, yeah because when they show later in the meeting you know he's like oh, what does it matter what your name is well you're mr white you got a cool name i'm mr pink why am i mr pink because you're a faggot <laughs> <laughs> Listen to this cast. You got Harvey Keitel, Tim Roth, Christopher Penn, Steve Buscemi, Lawrence Tierney, and Michael Madsen, who was just awesome as the psycho. Oh, yeah. That scene where he cuts off the cop's ear while uh, Steeler's Wheels playing in the background. (laughs) Joe Egan and Jerry Rafferty were a duo known as Steeler's Wheel when they recorded this Dylan-esque pop bubblegum favorite from April of 1970. (laughs) That was uh, comedian Steve Wright as the uh, DJ on this uh, classic 70s radio show that provided the soundtrack for the whole movie. Yeah. Great sound. And and this would be the formula for many of uh, Tarantino's subsequent films. They'd have great soundtracks with a lot of like uh, you know, hit songs, but they would be like cult songs. Yeah, they were hits. hits back then, but didn't really remain hits. You know, like a lot of one-hit wonders or yeah. cult classics. He was you always heard good. The at... world is a ghetto by war. Billy, don't <laughs> be a hero. <laughs> Not the Tarantino style. I just love that deadpan voice of Steve Wright's. It's it's so great for comedy, but. I really think he would be an awesome radio DJ. <laughs> yeah. But the, the Tarantino style that would be in like all his subsequent films, you know, the like kick-ass soundtrack of these, uh, uh, you know, obscure cult-like hits, lots of violence. Yeah. 
you know, the, the witty dialogue. Uh, so this was a good Would you forget your first first fries to go with your soft drink? <laughs> this was a good first major uh, motion picture for him. Yep. Extreme, extreme violence, a lot of blood and gore. So, yeah, good start to the collection. And it was yeah. a really good plot, too, because you didn't realize right till the end quite what was going on. No, no. <clears throat> and then, and then, as you you go, and then you realize that you realize too that Tim Roth's character as as the the undercover cop, he was actually kind of getting into being. Oh yeah, with- he was losing himself in the role. And it's so that's why the further ironic how he was the one that gets shot. Yeah. And these guys, you know, his buddies trying to keep him alive, not knowing so- that he's the cop. Yeah. And then the big shootout at the end where everyone's killing each other off. And yeah. Spoiler alert. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, well, I, if people haven't seen it by now, too damn bad about the spoilers. Too damn bad. <laughs> so, yeah, that was a good That's first like movie. when I, had a, I was having a discussion with one of my roommates one time, a guy that you knew when he was alive. And uh, we got talking about, um, I believe it was the first of, well, what was it? It was the Star Wars, uh, the one where Han Solo died with, with Kylo Ren. It was the first one with Kylo Ren, okay. and he kills Han Solo in it. And I mentioned that scene of Han Solo dying, and Steve was like, hey, I haven't even seen it yet. I was like, well, that's your problem, dude. I gave you a copy of it on a USB stick three friggin' months ago. <laughs> if you haven't seen it by now, too bad about the spoilers, pal. <laughs> yeah. So Reservoir Dogs, good start to the collection and a good lead-in to what has arguably been his all-time greatest. Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. With Uma to Thurman do it and John thing. Travolta. Yep, Uma Thurman. Oh, look, you got John Travolta, who would, uh, you know, this, this role revived his career. And the role was written for him. Tarantino had him specifically in mind for that role because he, was he wanted kind of, to revive Travolta's career. Yeah. And you, and listen to this list too. Like, again, like some of the famous and not so famous, but who worked Tim like Roth his was in that one as well. And guys like Samuel L. Jackson, he would yeah. appear Samuel L. Jackson's one of his favorites and almost appears in almost all his films. Yeah. He wasn't in reservoir dogs, but, he was in just about everything else. Harvey Keitel, yeah, Uma Thurman, uh, Ving Rhames, Ving Rhames, yes, uh, Tim, Bruce Willis, Christopher Walken, Bruce yeah. Willis, Eric Stoltz, just just tremendous. Eric Stoltz, for a lot of people who don't know who he is, played Rocky Dennis in the movie Mask with Cher, the Rocky Dennis story. Yeah, and uh, for anybody who doesn't know that movie, look it up and make sure you don't confuse it with Jim Carrey's The Mask. This one is just called Mask, and it stars Cher and uh, Eric Stoltz in the the lead role of Rocky Dennis, and it's about a young boy growing up with a disease that makes his face very deformed. And Cher played his mother, and I love that movie. Sam Elliott yeah. was in that one too. Plays sort of a stepfather to him. Yeah, he had kind of like elephantitis or something, uh, like a facial. Yeah, tube. it was uh, actually lionitis in his case. 
play out his Pulp Fiction movie, just like uh, Reservoir Dogs, ultra violence, cool, cool dialogue. Lots of drugs. Lots of drugs. <laughs> and a pretty like, good dance scene with Uma Thurman and John Travolta. And another good soundtrack that spawned a couple of, of hits. and uh, Yeah, or revived our, a few hits. <laughs> so now, so far, two movies, two killers. Oh, yeah. Two, two, two awesome. <clears throat> now we get into the Kill Bill 1 and 2. Which I haven't seen. Which you haven't seen, which you, you gotta see. Uma Thurman. She, uh, David Carradine. Michael Madsen makes an appearance again. Yeah. Uh, you know, another all-star cast. You know why yeah. I haven't seen them, though? Because at the time when they came out, I was not a big Uma Thurman fan. And I, I still wouldn't call myself a big Uma Thurman fan, but I don't have as much against her as I did back then. My opinion of her has changed for the better. Yeah, I'm, I'm not so much an Uma Thurman fan, but the, the cast as a whole and the story, because now you're seeing another genre that he likes, and that's the kind of the, the kung fu 70s, yeah. you know, ninja. Like, and you can't do a movie like that without David Carradine. Yeah, I mean, you can now because he's dead, so it's kind of hard to get him. But, you know, while he was still alive, if you were going to do a movie like that, that was the man to have in it. Everybody wanted David Carradine for any kind of kung fu movie, obviously because of his experience on the series. Yeah, and then Kill Bill 1 is one of the most, uh, well, they say it's the bloodiest uh, fight scene ever in a movie. The number of deaths <laughs> in this one fight scene. She literally, uh, Uma Thurman's character, basically the whole theme of this movie is she's out out for revenge. She used to be part of a, a team of uh, hit men and hit women, whatever you want to yeah, call them. Like Japanese assassins. triad or something like that. You know, she was part of a gang of assassins. She wanted out, was trying to get married and, and have her own little life. And they basically showed up at her wedding, tried to kill her. They wiped thought out. She every, was dead or whatever. Yeah. Thought she was dead, but she survived. And then, it basically, the bulk of one and two is her getting her revenge. And at the end of Kill Bill One is this famous sword fight scene, where she goes to Japan to track down uh, Lucy Liu's character, who is uh, one of the ones that tried to kill her. And she's running the the Yakuza in Japan, I guess, in this movie. So she has this gang called, was it the Crazy 88 or something like that? Yeah. So basically you're <clears throat> to leave Uma Thurman by herself with her samurai sword, takes out all, all of them, eh? the whole gang, slicing off heads and arms and stabbing and <laughs> the blood spraying everywhere and this... Just the most incredible, fantastic fight scene, and then and then uh, it, you know, so it ends with her leaving a message for David Carradine as the lead in the part two that she was gunning for him next or whatever. Right. Part two, you got Daryl Hannah's character, Michael Madsen's character, two others that were on her hit list, and then she gets to David Carradine at the end. Right. And then that 
it, it's a, it, it's funny because it, it's cheesy, but it's entertainingly cheesy. I'll put it that way. Like, <laughs> like some of the dialogue and some of the stories. Like it's, but it's it, it's 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 like it's like seeing one of those old cheesy kung fu movies. Yeah, you know, you know the acting's gonna be garbage, but you know, you know that the fight kung scene. Kung fu hustle. Yeah, you know, you know, there, there's one that you know it's cheesy, you know it's garbage, but you watch it over and over again. Yeah, it's just <laughs> I sheer love kung fu hustle. That's an awesome movie. Yeah, and it's just sheer entertainment. So yeah, I, I like me and, a, me and a few friends. We used to get together every New Year's Eve over at uh, my friend Tom and Suzette's house, and uh, one of our traditions was to ro- watch the Rocky Horror Picture Show. But then the other part of the tradition was we would watch Kung Fu Hustle before the ball dropped (laughs) so rocky horror picture show and kung fu hustle those were our thing eh (laughs) now let's get into this one ended up being not not so much you know he's had already he's come up firing out of the gate with one two three four smash hits then along comes I thought this movie was good, but it didn't do as well at the box office. Jackie Brown. Ah, yes, Jackie Brown. Another one I haven't seen yet, but I've got it on my Netflix list. (laughs) Check this cast out. Pam Pam Greer, once again, Samuel L. Jackson, Bridget Fonda, Michael Keaton, Robert De Niro. uh, De Niro. I didn't know Bob was in that. And Michael yes. Keaton, that's a good name. And De Niro plays a prominent uh, role in this movie. He gets out of prison and meets up with his old buddy Samuel L. Jackson. And uh, Pam Greer, she plays this airline attendant who uh, Samuel L. Jackson strong arms into uh, you know running uh, running uh, drugs or whatever. Uh, you know, help helping pull a, pull a, you know, some sort of scam or whatever, and uh, and a quick was, quick little aside here. Did you know that Michael Keaton's name is actually Michael Douglas? And he changed it because he didn't want to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because Michael Douglas was already famous, so Keaton didn't want to be confused with him. So he he just, I guess, he had a his agent just gave him a list of random last names that he could choose from. And he liked Keaton. (laughs) Now, one of the, there's a few funny little stories in here. They got this, uh, Robert Forster plays a bail bondsman who has interactions with both Pam Greer, Samuel L. Jackson. He kind of, he has a torch for Pam Greer and he ends up trying to help her out of her predicament uh, I won't give away too much more, but typical Sam, uh, typical Tarantino. You got uh, some clever dialogue. Uh, you've got you know a lot of sexual innuendo. You've got uh, violence. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a good movie. Not 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 the not the gore that you would have found in Kill Bill, and uh, the soundtrack. You know, not, didn't do as well as the other movie soundtracks, but it, it had a lot of classic soul music on it. And yeah. uh, I give it That's, some. You would expect soul R and B on that movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, with Pam Greer and. Yeah, I mean it's uh, 
it, it's not quite a uh, uh, a black exploitation like Crush Groove, but it's in the same genre. <laughs> yeah, because you see what he's doing now. He's kind of delving into like like the seventies kind of. Uh, crime slash black exploitation kind of. So now he moves. It's not the car wash, but uh, (laughs) you still expect the soul and R and B in there. Yeah, I've lost my train of thought there. I had a little brain fart. I apologize. Uh, Leading, leading now to another genre of his. The westerns. Nope. Nope. Grindhouse. Grindhouse. Is, this was is a, that the one that he didn't really have anything to do with? He just let them use his name? Well, because I haven't it, seen that. This was a collaboration with Robert Rodriguez, and it's two movies in one. Uh, and this is like the 70s drive in type genre. So he wanted to do two movies that kind of encapsulate what you would see at, at the you know 70s drive-in. Right. So he's got a cheesy horror movie, Planet Terror, and that's the one that has Rose McGowan, you know, the machine gun leg, okay. fighting, fighting the zombies, and just over-the-top ridiculous... I, uh, I prefer the chainsaw hand, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and then Death Proof. Ash versus Kurt- Evil Dead. <laughs> oh, and then death, death proof. We've got. Uh, oh, that reminds me too. Another off-topic. Well, not off-topic, but aside. Uh, Bruce said that uh, he'd be willing to do another Evil Dead. Another oh. Evil Dead movie. Nice. <laughs> yeah, he's on board if they're going to do it. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. So now the second Bruce Campbell movie. that is. The second movie in this is Death Proof, and uh, our favorite uh, actor from uh, Escape from New York, The Thing. Uh, Kurt Russell. Just, yeah, thank you, Kurt Russell. For some reason, I, I couldn't get out of my head, because you said Michael Douglas earlier, yeah. so then I'm Kurt Douglas, I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> thank you, Kurt Russell. Yeah. He plays... He plays a demented stunt driver who uh, likes to kill uh, kill people, and he's got this this specially modified stunt car with a roll cage, and he uses it basically to just mow people down, kill people, and stuff. Right. He eventually bites off more than he can chew when he tries to fuck with these these girls. Because his targets are always attractive females. I've seen a clip from that, and the girls really fuck him over. Yeah, he, I've seen a clip from that on YouTube. Because he I bites like, off. What the hell is Kurt Russell doing in this? <laughs> so he bites off more than he, than he can chew. Because he, because he, what he doesn't know is these girls are are stunt actors, and in Hollywood, and they've got acrobatics, uh, martial okay, arts. and the driving experience, and I yeah. So they end up out, out stunting him. Yeah. And, okay. That explains that scene then. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's it's a it, cheesy seventies drive-in type shtick, but it's highly entertaining, highly infectious. I I preferred 
because I'm a zombie junkie, so I like Planet Terror. Plus, this was Rose McGowan at her peak hotness. Right. Now she's, like, disgusting and uh, <laughs> too much cocaine or fucking Harvey Weinstein just fucked her up. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> she's, she's whacked. So now, now we move on to uh, the Nazi exploitation. Ah, yes. Inglorious Bastards. Glorious Bastards. With Brad Pitt and many others. Uh, Chris, Christoph, what's his name? Yeah, Chris, that Austrian. The Austrian yeah, actor. Christoph Gluck or something like that. Glick or I don't know. I may be completely screwing that up. No, Waltz. That's it. Christoph Waltz. And then yeah, Eli Roth. <laughs> See, I did completely screw that up. Then <laughs> you had Eli Roth, who's an accomplished uh, horror film director. He actually had an acting role in this movie. He was uh, the character Bear Jew. He was he was the he was the big enforcer for Brad Pitt. He was like, like oh, yeah. the Jewish muscle with the baseball. Yeah. So yeah. so if you if, and, and this whole movie, we start getting into what his next few movies would get into where he likes to rewrite history yeah. and do these what-if scenarios. So this one is like, what if Hitler gets taken out? You know, what if he got taken out by a group of group of soldiers, these mercenaries that were uh, sent there specifically as a hit team, and uh, him and the higher-up Nazis, they get trapped in a theater, all kinds of mayhem and gore and bloodshed ensue. And a lot of fun. And a lot of fun. So <laughs> if you like seeing Nazis get slaughtered, in glorious. Yeah. Just as a little note there, try to hold them up with your right hand because you're holding them up uh, and they're partially being blocked by my picture there. So, yeah. You're still getting a glare on it anyway, but that, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that old SCTV skit. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> 3D monster horror theater, whatever. <laughs> now let's get Second into the city web. television. For those of you who aren't old enough to know what the hell that is, look it up. John Candy, Eugene Levy, etc., etc. Now we get into. This is where he starts winning, winning real awards. Ah, yes, the Westerns, Django Unchained. Yeah. Which Django. also has Christoph Waltz in a much bigger role. And again, Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. Leonardo Jamie DiCaprio, Fox. Jamie Foxx in the lead role as Django. A freed yeah. slave. Freed slave. Great who goes movie. on a rampage, basically. <laughs> Looking for uh, his estranged, well, I wouldn't say estranged because it wasn't willingly, his uh, wife that was separated from him and moved to another plantation who is not a free woman and he wants to free her. Yep. And Christoph Waltz goes along with him who happens to be a uh, dentist but basically running some sort of scam out of his dental wagon that we're, ne we're never really totally sure about. But he's also a bounty hunter. No, that's what it was. That's where I, yeah, it wasn't a scam. I kind of mixed that up. He was a bounty hunter using the dentist wagon as a disguise. Yeah. Yeah. 
but they being went a the- bounty hunter, it gave him the authority to hunt down certain people, which enabled him to help Django find information about his wife. And then Samuel, they get to the plantation run by uh, DiCaprio's character. Yeah, and, uh, Candyland. <laughs> yeah, and what's what was hilarious? Samuel Jackson's character as the house Negro, basically uh, DiCaprio's uh, head head of the the slaves there. Yeah, yeah, and uh, the, the head honcho of the blacks. Yeah, yeah. Still and answers it, to all the whites, but he's the head honcho of the blacks. Basically, he gets he, he's allowed to run the run the blacks or the slaves. And in return, he gets to be in the house and have a suit. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he figures he's got a great life. He gets right? treated a little better. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he ends up, uh, well, typical, uh, you know, typical Tarantino. A lot of blood, gore, violence. You see, uh, you know, the whippings, the torture, the conditions, and then. Uh, the payback you is see something how some of them were uh, forced to be in uh, uh, fights to the death. Basically, they were Mandingo fighters, and DiCaprio's character making money off of that. Yeah, great movie, and this, you know, really Inglorious Bastards and Django is when he starts getting this critical. Like he always had critical acclaim, but now you're talking Oscars. Yeah. And, you know, the motion picture awards. Now now he's in, in the running for various awards. Which brings us to continuing on the Western theme. Ah, yes, The Hateful Eight, the one that took me forever to finish watching. <laughs> and again, a lot of familiar actors that he likes. Once, once you're in his good books, he likes to reuse these guys for future roles. You got Kurt Russell... Tim Roth, Christoph Sam, Waltz again, Sam Jackson again, Michael uh, Madsen. What? Yeah, Michael Madsen, Billy. What? What's the guy's name? He was in uh, Django and that one. He plays the sheriff in that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then we got Bruce Dern is in here. Jennifer Jason Lee. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, just an all-star cast, and uh, whose face you can't recognize, Jennifer yeah. Jason Lee. <laughs> <laughs> That's another thing. Like this, this girl, she's always been a great actress, but she's she's an attractive woman. And through the years, like you know, I remember her back in what was it, Rodney Dangerfield's? Uh, what was that movie? Was it Back to School or something? Like that? Yeah, she, Back to School. I think it was. Yeah. And she was like the, the the daughter in that. She was in Fast Times at Ridgemont High, I believe. Yeah. And uh, but she's been. And then she got into like actual serious acting roles where she showed she was a good actress yeah. and not eye candy. And now years later, you wouldn't even recognize her in this movie because uh, not only did they uh, they dress her down and, and make her up to look pretty hide- hideous and yeah. scared. It's interesting you call her side candy because wasn't she in um, Uncle Buck with John Candy? Wasn't yeah. she the daughter, or is that somebody else I'm thinking of? I, I I mix up some of these 80s stars sometimes because they were they all looked so similar with the big hair and everything back then. <laughs> I just I just know that in the, you know back in the day she was she was a real dime piece, just a smoke show. Yeah. And 
But in her later movies, she was like getting critical acclaim because she could actually act her ass off. And in this one, you wouldn't even fucking recognize her. She, she really, they really made her into a hag. Yeah. Oh, to, yeah. To play this evil hillbilly character that basically was the leader of a gang. Yeah. Had the shit beat out of her by her captor. <laughs> Kurt Russell, the bounty hunter. Yeah. He was bringing her in, the hangman, bringing her to the hangman. Yeah. So I would highly recommend great atmosphere in this movie, great cast, and uh, yeah, he hits another home run with this movie. It's, it's great. It took now, me a long time to watch it because Tim Roth's character really irrit- puts on an irritating English facade, and it is a facade for the character even, not just for Tim Roth. But it take, took me a while to get through it and, and say that I'm willing to watch the rest of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so now this is one that I've been bugging you. That you got to see this one. Yeah. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. DiCaprio and Brad Pitt and who else is there? Uma Thurman? No, this nope. is the... Remember uh, Margot Robbie? She played... Oh, yes, uh, Margot Robbie. Yeah, she was uh, in that Suicide Squad movie. She she was Harley Quinn. Yes. Beside Jared Leto's Joker. And in this one, she plays Sharon Tate. And again, uh, typical Tarantino, how he likes to mess with history. Yeah. Rewrite it a little. A little revisionist kind of history. He he plays out this scenario, a what-if you know what if because the manson family is prominent in this movie and his whole deal with this movie is what if a struggling b-movie actor and his stuntman drinking buddy lived next door to the teens and for whatever if if whatever uh, coincidence and circumstances were able to uh throw a monkey wrench in the manson family's plot yeah Slaughter the Tates, uh, or Tate and uh, you know, and the everyone. Bianca, or no, the LaBiancas were a separate murder. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the director was, uh, Tate and uh, yeah, the, I can't remember who else was in there. Sharon Tate. Yeah, I can't remember now. I'd have to look that up again. The Manson murders. Yeah, yeah. but basically they were a bunch of hangers. Abigail on. Folger. That was the other one I was thinking of. Yeah, she was heiress an heiress. To the Folger to the... Coffee Fortune. And then there was uh, that Jay Sebring, who was an yeah, ex Jay Sebring. An ex boyfriend of hers, who she was still friendly with. And basically, when Polanski was, would be. Was a... it Sebring that found the bodies, or was Sebring one of the bodies? He was one of the bodies. Yeah, okay. Because there so, was somebody else famous like that that found the bodies, though. Yeah, like, so the deal. Well, I know the the housekeeper found the bodies too, but yeah, there was a, there was a bunch of them that got slaughtered. But the the deal was Sebring, his role there, like he he was her ex boyfriend, but she was still on friendly terms with him. Yeah, and and it was a weird. And then was they it Tate kept... or Folger that was pregnant? I think Tate. it was Sharon Tate that was pregnant. Yeah, yeah, with Rome with supposedly Roman Polanski's baby. You know, that's who she was in a relationship with and living with. But Sebring was always around as a tag along. And in this movie, they kind of hint that maybe when Polanski would be out of town, 
Yeah, you know, they, so it might have been Sebring's baby too. Yeah, who knows? That could <laughs> or be or not so. too, but it might have been Sebring's baby instead of Polanski's. Yeah, they, they were hinting at some cuckery and stuff, and that she yeah. she she liked these little dweeby kind of guys that she could manipulate, kind of thing. Eh? Yeah. So uh, yeah, so but in, in this one, it's like basically Brad Pitt. He plays the the aging stunt man who's. Uh, real life tough guy and his claim to fame in this movie is is, uh, is that he was a stuntman on the Green Hornet but he beat the shit out of Bruce Lee and, yeah. and so he got blackballed by the A-list productions so it was only thanks to his buddy uh, Leo DiCaprio who plays this uh, B-movie star he befriends him and ends up having a decent career being his stunt double for all of his his work and uh and so and so uh they have these run-ins with the manson family these coincidental run-ins and then at the end when the manson family spoiler alert they go to uh go to visit the tate residence and do their uh they end up going instead first to dicaprio's residence next door big mistake hmm bloodshed mayhem and one of the, you know typical tarantino fashion just epic violence but this movie it's got everything it's got like you know you got the bruce lee references you've got the steve mcqueen references the driving scenes you got the yeah because pitt was originally steve mcqueen's stunt double wasn't he well and, and, Not, and you know but i mean Pitt's character was McQueen's character's stunt double. Well, what happens is, too, is they, they're at a party at the Playboy Mansion, and they got an actor playing Steve McQueen in there, and there you see, like, the mamas and the papas, and you know, there's all these fucking famous people that they interact with, and uh, and even DiCaprio, the way his career gets uh, rejuvenated, uh, he ends up they draw parallels to Clint Eastwood. Where, oh, yeah. Remember Clint Eastwood, the Spaghetti Westerns? Yeah. So that revived Eastwood's career. Well, this is... So they kind of make DiCaprio's character a knockoff of, right. of Clint Eastwood. Like, he does these cheesy uh, Italian Westerns and then comes back and he... All this, you know, because before that he had done a shitty TV show and a couple shitty movies he wasn't going anywhere yeah. and then all of a sudden boom bada bing he's he's got a little bit of fame to him yeah he even marries an italian actress and and it's so hilarious because at the end he was actually going to part ways with brad pitt and he was going to sell his hollywood hills home and they were gonna i guess move to italy because he had a chance to be a superstar over in europe <laughs> and he was done with hollywood so this this <laughs> This last drinking party they had together was it was just supposed to be a last hurrah, and then right. it ends up being the big bloodbath with the Manson family. Yeah. Eh? So, well, anyway, check so, this yeah, movie once out. Once upon a time in Hollywood. So there you go, the entire Tarantino collection. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we're uh, getting in a, getting about out of time here. We've got an hour yep. in right now, and plus we had about 15 minutes or so before our little blackout episode. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Well, let me, uh, let me, let's just do this real quick. I'll do the would you rather real quick. Sure, gotta, yeah, let's throw those in. Let's get the would you rather in the way. I'll just put these away. All right. So, as uh, people know, we usually do a would you rather segment where yeah. I ask S3, you know, two or three ridiculous would you rather questions. And uh, he doesn't know in advance what I'm going to ask him. And totally off the cuff response from him and these questions I basically uh, write in the middle of the night when I get up to pee or whatever and uh, sometimes uh, it shows uh, yeah. <laughs> so here we go question number one would you rather only be able to wear an itchy shirt which would make your body itch <laughs> or have to use toilet paper that makes your asshole itch. Hmm. Like if this was the only choice you had. Yeah, I, I think I'd have to go with the shirt. Because as an old man, I'm kind of getting familiar with the asshole and uh, don't like that very much. <laughs> no. I mean, bowel movements as it is are fucking production now I yeah. <laughs> and to have to deal with the itchy asshole on top of that no thanks no yeah i agree with you i'd rather walk around like looking yeah. like a junk, looking like a junkie jones <laughs> for a fix because i'm itching than have to walk around like i you know, like i got something yeah. wrong with me my asshole's on fire from itchiness so we agree on that one okay well that was that, that's almost that, that question could almost be reworded as would you rather be say allergic to cotton or have itchy hemorrhoids all the time <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. so we agree on that one okay number two would you rather every time you read out loud sorry I mean I've already fucked it up number two would you rather have to read out loud all the time? Or sing everything when you're having a conversation. So like you're Read reading out loud. So you're like you're <laughs> in the, you're in a chapters bookstore or coffee shop reading a newspaper, and you just can't help it. You're, you're like today in the news, and everybody around <laughs> is like or. See that yeah. one. That one's a little easier though because you can just not go to chapters. You know, you can stay home and read your newspaper out loud in the living room. But the singing for every conversation is kind of hard to get away from. <laughs> I just think with the with the singing though, you can kind of pass it off like you're just being cutesy or whatever. Like, like you know, you're like yeah. But even still, after a while, people are going to get tired of it. Like, why the hell are you doing that? You know. And, and you can't stop doing it. So people are going to get annoyed with that. Whereas, like I say, the reading out loud, you can just stay home. <laughs> Not yeah, read true. anything when you're out, you know, whatever. <laughs> be kind of irritating, especially like you're at you're at McDonald's or something. You're ordering and you're like, can I have a kid's meal, please? With you know, like, uh, Two all beef patty, special sauce, lettuce, cheese. <laughs> Yeah, and then they're looking at you like, okay, this guy's on crack. Yeah, man. exactly. All right. So we'll we'll agree on that one as well. <laughs> Number three, last question. Would you rather be involved in a perpetual, everlasting water balloon war or a perpetual, everlasting food fight? 
Hmm, I think I'd have to go with the water balloon war since it's just water. The food could get stinky. Yeah, there's the mess factor. Yeah. There's food shortage factor because if yeah. you're always throwing the food around, there's plenty of water. <laughs> yeah, plenty of water. We don't got no shortage of that. So, yeah, uh, I think that about covers that. Those are quicker, would you rather? Yeah. Not, not much debate involved in those no, questions. No, not much thought required for those ones. <laughs> All right. I'd like to give a give a few shout outs. Uh, I've recently latched on to uh, uh, the Kill Stream, Ethan Ralph and the Kill Stream, Dick Masterson and uh, the Dick Show. Check those out. Fucking hilarious podcast. Uh, of course, Revenge of the Sis, Hoist and uh, not Hoist, Royce and Mersh. Uh, funny as fuck, these guys. Uh, and, you know, I support free speech, and these guys, they're, you know, they, they do a lot of shit talking. They do a lot of, you know, internet blood sports. They yeah. uh, they do a lot of satire, and then colorful language is involved, and uh, I wholeheartedly support their uh, their shows. And with that, uh, Well, I'll much... uh, give a couple of shout-outs myself then, because uh, I've been listening to a couple of new podcasts lately. If you're at all interested in uh, any kind of paranormal stuff, check out Ryan Singer and his podcast. He's a stand-up comedian, but he also has this paranormal podcast that he calls Me and Paranormal You. It's available on Apple and Spotify. hes I don't think he's on YouTube. I don't think he does video. I think it's just audio. But I listen to him on Apple Podcasts, and he's on Spotify, and I think he said he's on the Google Play Store as well. And uh, another one would be one that Ryan does with a friend of his. It's Ryan Singer and a woman named Angela Lovell. And that one is called Where the Magic Happens with a K on magic. Oh, okay. They're, they're both pretty interesting if you're into that stuff at all, which I kind of am. <laughs> he he gets into everything, especially in me and Paranormal You. He gets into the Bigfoot hunting and UFOs and ancient aliens and all that sort of stuff. He's a big fan of, uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but the Greek guy from ancient aliens on the history channel, you know, aliens, oh, right. Yeah. With the hair and everything, you know, he's a yeah. big fan of his. So, yeah. <laughs> well, that reminds uh, me too. I think we talked about this channel before. Mouthy Buddha. Yeah. Shout out. Shout out to Mouthy Buddha. Great production. Yeah, he does a lot of that stuff too, the uh, paranormal stuff. He's uh, he's into the whole Bigfoot scene and all of that. Yeah, UFOs, uh, yeah. weird conspiracy stuff, and his production on his videos is fantastic. It is fantastic. So, yeah, yeah shout, out, shout out to all those content creators. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, with that, I'm, I'm pretty much ready to yeah. you know, go. Go watch some porn and uh, and do something that would get us taken off the air if he did it here. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Masturbate and cry myself to sleep after. There you go. Yeah, yeah. What better way to do it? (laughs) What a better way to spend an evening, yeah. Yeah. A little bit of self love and crying. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, and we can't end an episode without me uh, giving us a. Giving the famous salute to uh, CEO, uh, YouTube CEO, Susan Wojcicki. Hey, Susan, here's to you, you fucking cunt. 
one of these days that's going to get us taken down. But oh, for now, we still seem safe. <laughs> yeah, for now, we, we seem okay. Love the censorship and the demonetization. Yeah. Love it, Susan. <laughs> Love it. All it's right. You and YouTube a lot of good. Oh. You're breaking up there, so All I think right. we'll uh, call her quits there. <laughs> so we'll see you all next week, folks. Hey everybody, if you like that video, don't forget to give it a like. Consider subscribing and share it around on your social media platforms. Everything you can do helps us out, and we hope to see you again in the next video. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.